0: You today about three culture world cultural views that are destroying humanity. Um, three cultural world views that are destroying humanity, and I want to bring my context, uh, the context of that out of uh Romans chapter 12, uh, verses 1 to 2. Let me read from you these two verses, um, new international version. Uh, it says, This is Paul, he's writing, writing to a church. A Christian church in Rome. It was the biggest Roman city. Roman. It was the biggest city in the Roman Empire in those days. And uh, Rome was massive. If you've ever been there, uh, you'll appreciate um, the city. Uh, it's massive. Of course, millions of people live there today. But Paul's writing to these Christians, and he's writing in a fairly turbulent time. Um, uh, Nero is the emperor at the time. He's killing Christians. Uh, and all that type of thing's happening, and so he's, he's, uh, it's, it's not an easy time, but Paul encourages them, and he writes this in Romans twelve one to 2 he says, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, which is your true and proper worship. And then in verse 2, he says this, Be not, Do not conform to the pattern of this world. But what does he say? Be what? Trans- it's a verse that some of you have probably memorized i certainly have be trans, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind then you'll be able to test and prove what god's will is his good and his good pleasing and perfect will and um it's a great passage I, let me give some context to it because paul has written 11 chapters before he wrote chapter 12 be mindful that paul didn't write his letters in chapters he just wrote it was just one big narrative but he, the translators divided it up into chapters because it's very, a very good thing they did. Because the eleven chapters of Romans, that's just before chapter twelve, is all about uh, doctrine and theology, and it's talking about you know uh, such things as um, uh, let me just get it straight. He describes things like the you know coming to God through faith in Jesus Christ. He talks about the doctrine of salvation very clearly, and he gives you a lot of um, good information. But when he hits chapter 12, he changes course a little bit and that's why they put it as a chapter because chapter 12, for the next five chapters, is all the practice of living out the Christian faith. So Paul's given you 11 chapters of of doctrine and now five chapters he he starts to talk about practical stuff. Practical stuff and he starts with these two verses. And really, um, you can see how this happens because he says um, in in verse 1, he starts off, Romans 12, verse 1, with the word, therefore. And whenever you see the word, therefore, you need to find out what it's there for. And the word, therefore, is like a hinge. It connects the wall and the door. It's what the door swings on. Um, and very much what Paul is saying, he's saying, therefore, I've given you 11 chapters of foundational truth that you need to, of, of theory. Now, I want to give you five chapters of practical living that out. And so there's a change in narrative. There's a change in context here and what he shares. And that's why you'll see in verse 1 and 2, he starts with these verses and what he says about, don't conform to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, etc., etc. But can I read this same passage in a paraphrased version of the Bible? Is that cool today? You won't stone me? The Message Bible. I don't read a lot of the Message Bible, but I found it very interesting to read it in the Message Bible. And I thought, I thought the Message Bible translators literally did bring out some great thoughts here that emphasize the more um, other versions of the Bible. And it says in the Message, here we go, verse 1. So here's what I want, want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. Embrace what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. Verse 2, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you, you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out readily recognize what he wants from you and quickly respond to it unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity god brings the best out of you develop well-formed maturity uh sorry god brings the best out of you develops well-formed maturity in you Hmm. good stuff hey so i want to drive off uh today talking about uh, some very destructive cultures in our world because if this one thing uh, ...we know how to respond, how we live our life... ...is sometimes by knowing what is trying to destroy your life. And that's a, a little bit of where we want to go... ...because Paul says, don't be conformed to the pattern of this world. So he don't be conformed to the culture of this world. Don't allow it to I- inhibit, encroach upon your mind and lifestyle. Don't allow it to, dist- to pull you down. Why would he say that? Because he, Not because he wants us to miss out on all the good stuff that the world offers because sometimes what the world offers is seen as good stuff but it's not good stuff it's it's hidden in a veil of good stuff but it's actually quite destructive so he's not trying to stop you from you know living in a world um, and he's not and he's not trying to say just be a fanatical group of people that no one can relate to no i think when we come down to practical christianity it is incredibly powerful to touch people's lives with in the message of jesus christ but he, he says, don't conform to the pattern of the world because he knows what the world is saying is not true because there's something behind it. It actually can be quite destructive to your life. And he doesn't want you to just be, just see your life destroyed. He wants to see your life blessed. He wants to see you walking in victory. And. Um, Uh, So we need to be aware of that. Paul is pointing out that there are certain thoughts in our world, in our workplaces, in our schools, that are seeking to destroy humanity, and we need to be aware of it. So let's dive off into it. Here's the first one, verse 2, and I'll quote from the Message Bible. Verse 2 says, Don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. It's easy sometimes just to go through life and just find yourself just, have you ever been driving and you're not thinking? and you find yourself going someplace you didn't want to go. You actually wanted to go home, but you were so used to coming to church that you just drove to church. You well, sometimes that's for me. Sometimes, I think every time I come out of my, uh, how, you know, out of my driveway, I'm driving to church, and I'm, I didn't drive to church, and I come, I think, what am I doing here? It's because I'm not thinking. That's dangerous, isn't it? Because you don't remember how you just got there. You're thinking, gee, I just, did I go through a red light? So we've got to think about life. That's what I'm trying to say. You've got to stop yourself because the world will just slowly conform you into its culture. It'll squeeze you into its pattern. And, you, and, and the thing you've got to be careful of is, this is the thought that I want to encourage us. It'll say to you, everything that's happening in the world right now is normal. That's how it should happen. Have you ever heard the saying recently, this is the new norm? Now, there are some things that are the new norm, but they're not bad things. But there are some things you definitely don't need to become normal in your life in this world. What this world promotes, you definitely don't need to let it become normal. There was a, on, In 2017, I, I, I got a quote from a well-known Australian retired tennis player, a lady, and she made this. She, she said, I, I live with my partner, I have two children, that is totally normal. Totally normal. In in regards to what she was saying about herself, that was her normal. But if we were to line that up against, say, even Bible, would that be what the Bible says? No, it wasn't. Um, Now, does that mean that those who are involved in homosexual or lesbian relationships that we can't embrace them and help them? Definitely not. I'm not trying to say that. What I'm saying is, is that we've got to be careful that we don't hear something and think, oh, yeah, that... Oh, that's just the normal. No, no, it's not the normal. And I want to tell you why it's so destructive and not the normal. But we'll just take a little while to get there. So hang in there with me. We, uh, how, how do we determine normal? Can, well, we can receive our information from several sources over our lifetime. We Our upbringing, other people, life experience, social media. Social media wants to sprout to us it's normal. Trouble is... Um, The trouble begins is when sources are built upon the wrong foundations. Jesus tells a a parable in John's Gospel. He says that some people build a house on sand and some build a house on the rock. Uh, But the real test of whether you're... Now, how do you know whether your house, similar houses, how do you know whether your house is built on sand or rock? Well, the first storm will test that out, won't it? And so whether the, the storm will take, if it's built on sand, the, the, Jesus says the house crumbles, if it's built on rock, it'll sustain it, it'll stand strong. And so how do you find out whether your normal is good? Well, you'll often find in the midst of a struggle, your normal, what you thought was your, should be the normal lifestyle, collapses or breaks apart and doesn't last. Uh, and the, and the other thing is quite prevalent as well, of course, is if your normal is the strong foundational principles of what God says, you'll find it'll stand Strong. So we find out if what we have built our lives on uh, is going to last, often when the abnormal comes along and tries to test that. I was just contemplating over the history of humanity how many people thought they were building on normal and it wasn't normal. There was a gentleman called Vincent van Gogh, famous artist. He died in ni- 1890. He was only 37 years of age. He shot himself in the chest with a revolver. He was an incredible painter. He was very amazing. His I, I went to his um, uh, to a display of his artwork in Brisbane earlier this year, and uh, he's very colourful. You know, uh, amazing. He he drew those sunflowers, you know, and all that type of stuff. Painted all that stuff. But you know, his normal. Unfortunately for him, he had an incredible mental health issue, and that, not that that needs to be. Is something we despise. I'm just saying he had it and he couldn't get past it and he ended up shooting himself in the chest. He actually took two days to pass away. It was a tragic do- death. Um, Freddie Mercury was the lead singer of a band called Queen. Oh, who said that? <laughs> no, I knew it. Queen, and uh, I mean, he had some pretty good songs, didn't he? <coughs> but he died, uh, he died at the age of 45 He died due to AIDS, uh, due to his involvement in his homosexual relationship. His normal didn't last, hey? Elvis Presley was a great singer, actor. Died in 1977 at the age of 42. Elvis suffered from um, glomia. I'm I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. I did earlier this morning. It's just, you know, not now. High blood pressure, liver damage, and his body's weakened from years of drug abuse. Um, Paul Walker fast and furious remember him obviously he thought the fast and furious was how he could live life because he died in a car accident speeding and he was only uh, 40 years of age in 2013 his normal didn't last either um heath ledger great actor died at 28 died of overdose of prescription medication not even illegal drugs just prescription so i i don't highlight these people to to say to you um oh you know uh how bad they were. No, 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 they were probably some good people, but just didn't realize what they were doing was not uh, a normal life at all. Not what, Well, ultimately, not the life that God had planned for any of us and He he wants for us. Um, And thus, they suffered the consequences. And you know, we all can sometimes. One thing common of all these people is they built on sand. And actually, God doesn't speak of normal in the Bible. He doesn't speak of how... um, uh, he, he he just speaks of how life can be lived well and abundantly he doesn't talk about normal or abnormal we we put those words there he just speaks about how life can be abundant and he says in romans chapter 14 verse 17 for the kingdom of god is not a matter of eating drinking but it's righteousness peace and joy in the holy spirit or the holy ghost there we go he talks he talks about what the kingdom is like and we live in a kingdom of the world which is a physical kingdom of eating and drinking and When I say drinking, I'm not talking about drinking alcohol. Okay, don't worry about it. And participating in manual work and relationships. We we participate in this world. We have a physical body. We have to contend with our physical body. We have no choice about the kingdom we have to live in. Actually, God gave it to us to live in and enjoy it. We can enjoy this world. There's another kingdom, did you know? And the other kingdom (coughs) is the kingdom of God that we can be a part of as well. But it's a choice whether we live in that kingdom. We've got no choice about living in the earthly kingdom, but we have a choice about living in God's kingdom. And it's not, a physic, it's, it's not physically, um, it's all to do with our soul and spirit, which is the emotional and decision part, um, part of our life, the decision-making part of our life, and the spiritual part of our life that actually allows us to stay alive. Okay, So we live in a body, we have a soul, and we are a spirit. So, so, normal for God is living in his kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in his presence and God, through the Holy Spirit and still be in the earth, still be in the earthly kingdom, but not of it. Still live in it, but not of it. Uh, and the kingdom of God in you know, us strengthens us so we're not squeezed in the culture of this world. So we've got to be careful that the culture... of this, We've got to push back and say, no, 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 I'm not going to allow the culture of this world, the values of this world, to squeeze me into its mould. I'm going to actually push back. So I in I actually, in a positive and loving and true way, influence the culture around me with a positive message of truth and wholeness. And we push back. And so we've got to realise that the, the world says, oh, this is normal. And... uh and, and the truth is, it's not normal. Uh, the normal is God's kingdom and His living within us. That's what He started with Adam and Eve, didn't He? And what did He say? It's all good. When He made Adam and Eve, He says it's good. When He made the trees, the plants, the earth, He says it's good. It's just that what we've done with it isn't good. The world, according Adam and Eve. Uh, Disobey God, and since then we've discovered that the world uh, follows suit, unfortunately. And so, our appetites, or could I say, our addictions sometimes, will invariably eat your values if you don't keep them in check. Does that make sense? So your appetites, or the things that the world screams at you and says, "Oh, this is good, this is good, this is good," and if you indulge in that, it'll eat away at the values that your values and your values can be the things that you say. Well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, you know, I don't know, give us some values. So there's plenty of them, um, but you know, just values of what I'm going to believe in, what I'm going to stand up for. Um, you know, I'm uh, one man, one woman. There's a good value not two men, you know, um, marriage is that the right thing. So they're standing up for values, and as the world comes and encroaches, you've got to be careful you don't say, well, oh, 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 that must be normal now. No, it's not. Stand up for truth. And I want to tell you why you need to. Because here's the second thing that wants to destroy humanity, is verse 2 of, of uh, Romans chapter 12, it says, instead it says this, in the message, I'll use the message, instead fix your attention on God. So, uh, the first bit I said there uh, was don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you, that you fit into it without even thinking. And then it says, instead, fix your attention on God. Why should we give our attention to God? Because, why should we do that? Because he's the God of absolutes. That is, God is perfect, complete, and pure. Okay? And when you look at God, you see that, is he, that He is exactly what He wants us to be. He wants us to be perfect, complete, and, cure, and pure. Now, you might say, well, that's not going to ever happen, and you're totally right. We're never going to reach that perfect ability. Um, we all fail. We all can have falters. We all can trip up. Sin It's called too, um, but the reality is, is that we can continue to move forward on all that God has for us, and we continue to see a life that's better, in a life that's improving. Because as we move forward with Him, we can continue till the day we breathe our last breath, continue to, to walk into His purposes and His will for our lives. And there can be, a, and there's a reason that we want to do that. Because here's the second thing that wants to destroy us, and that, and this is that what the world screams at there. us: there's, there's no absolutes; you can do whatever you like. There's nothing that's ever going to be foundational you don't have to obey anything you just live the way you want to live see absolute is not only God's perfect or complete or pure Nate absolute is that principle that cannot be changed or tampered with I was talking to Andrew i Andrew will pinch it but uh, as Andrew said in between services he said you know there's a thing called gravity it's an absolute so folks if I was to walk out from this stage and I was to say to you I'm actually going to walk just straight out and I'm not going to fall down what would you say dreaming. you're dreaming <laughs> thank you and you'd be totally right Unless there was, uh, a, unless there was an, intervention, an intervention of an incredible creative miracle that God decided he'd let me walk out uh, on, on thin air and just remain there, it's not going to happen unless God intervened. I'm going to, I'm going to uh, you know, have to jump. I'm going to have to fall down into the earth there. So gravity is a thing that's an absolute. Would you agree? The earth sucks. That's, a, that's what gravity is. You try and, you've got to get incredible force to push you out past the earth's gravity pull. It'll always suck you back. Uh, So there's a thing called gravity. That's an absolute. Did you know in God's Word, He has principles that are absolutes? You can't change them. Um, uh, And it's not, you know... There was a Bible College lecturer in, in Trinity College in Melbourne... And I read this, what he said, and I thought, how could he say this and still be a Christian? He says, modern Christian families can be made up of gay couples, straight couples, single people in community, childless adults, foster parents, step parents, grandparents, and biological parents. It is their faith that makes them Christian, not their family structure nor sexuality. Now, I would agree on the context of the people that are in any of those situations, they see themselves a family and I would do not deny them that that um, definition that they feel they're a family brilliant Uh, what I would just say in relation to some of those things or what maybe one particular is that you know it was never planned uh, for that family to be that way and that is obviously uh, um, homosexuality it was never planned that way what is what um you know why? And we say, where do we get that information from? Well, you know, if you look at what God spoke to us through His Word, He gave us reasons for not doing that. And that's the thing I want to share with you this morning. Um, because there are millions of people all around the world that say this, that, that, uh, that whatever they want to do in life, whatever, however they conduct their life, they can say anything, they can do anything, and it's okay because uh, that's my normal, referring back to my previous point, and I'm okay with that. And, and I don't have absolutes. I don't have anything that's foundational. And so my values are ch- changeable. And, you know, that, that, is, that creates some problems because what happens is it creates a lot of hurt and pain for many people in that process of saying, I can just do what I want. See, the Bible says God created... The heavens and the earth let me put it another way god created the heavens and the earth and when he created us he made a decision to bring the material world into being i suppose if you go and look at the world out there and the nature and what's in the world and the very uh, an incredible variety of animals and plants and everything out there it's incredibly amazing it's it's like god is an artist and he, he made everything good and he was very creative you know when i was in grade eight i was forced to do art and uh, when I say forced, I mean I, I, I did it willingly. But I, I'm just saying it wasn't my strongest suit. You know, when someone said draw a person, it was a you know stick figure. I, I really couldn't get past that. I haven't got any great artistic ability uh, in that way. And so I was told we were in a big class of grade eight students and. And uh, we were told to draw the person opposite us. They were sitting there, we were sitting here, and everybody's drawing a picture. It's their face. And so I started to draw the face, what I thought was the face of the person. And, and, you know, I was being a bit creative in that I was kind of just, you know, I'd look every now. I think he's got two eyes and nose and a mouth. That's enough. I'll just try and, besides that, you know, I'll... Anyway, there were two teachers in the, in the room, and one teacher came up, because it was a big class, and one teacher came up and said, looked at me, and, 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 and nicely, but said, I'm sorry, James, that does not look like anything of that person opposite you. I said, okay. And they, and they said, it's not really a good um, Ill, in replica of that person. I said, okay, I'm not a great artist, I understand that. And then within two minutes, the other teacher who was in the room came up to me, because I'd kind of drawn a cartoon face. <laughs> what i could describe as that and and the second teacher said to me that's brilliant i went really and i didn't and i thought Ooh. i said don't even try and explain to what the other teacher and you know i just discovered right then in, lo- in my life that art that art is very subjective what one person thinks is brilliant what one thinks is a masterpiece another thing, person thinks it's a mess and so I got, to be honest, I got quite confused that day, and I thought, well, h- how does this work? And, and, you know, because one teacher thinks it's good, one teacher doesn't think it's good, and, and so how am I supposed to see it? And so sometimes, unfortunately, people choose to live life out with that confusion, because they're not quite sure, and so they, what they do is, they live outside the principles of God's absolutes, and what they think is brilliant is really a mess. And they think it's okay, but it's really creating p- hurt and pain. In this world, people say, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do what I want to do. And you know, I'll draw the drawing how I want, just like I did as a great aider. But it really, was it a mess or was it a masterpiece? And how do we know in life what's going to be you know, the masterpieces and what's going to be the messes? Well, God's put some absolutes into place so we know that every time we live a life, we can live with the best... Uh, the masterpieces are not the messes of life. See, because in the world, people say, uh, "I'm not going to obey the rules anymore," um, and we need to see it's not about obeying rules; it's about a lifestyle of putting God's absolutes first. God isn't into the rule making, folks. Uh, the Bible is not God's rule book. That's so wrong. Monopoly has rules. <laughs> Absolutes are more than rules. Absolutes, God's principles, are laws. And, and these are things that create masterpieces when we obey them. See, a lot of things that we call, you've got to understand that sometimes the things we call laws are just human-made laws. And they're not, the laws of God are completely different sometimes. Because laws, you hop on your car and you'll drive down this street, and I think it's 50 kilometers an hour, and then you'll hop on Glen Line Street and it's 80 kilometers an hour. But there, and the, and our local government say that's the law of the land, but really it's just the rules of the land. Because those laws are changeable. They could change Glen Line Street to 100 kilometers an hour. Would that be wrong? Not necessarily. You know, and so we see that, the, 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 we've got to understand because we we take the terminology of laws and think, oh, laws, oh, they change laws. No, when God speaks of laws, he you can't change them because the laws or the absolutes of God are impregnated in the very fiber of our being and human nature, and you can't change something that's like gravity, and they just say, oh, gravity, I can just walk out here and I'll not fall down. No, you won't, because you can't change that. There's a consequence for it. Do you see the difference? And so we sometimes take what God's Word says, no, that's okay, we don't have to live by that. No, no, folks, if we don't live by it, there's a consequence that God doesn't pour upon us, just the consequence itself is something we reap. And so the world says, live how you want, uh, but when we live how we want, it creates a mess, it creates hurt and pain. Are you there this morning? Because Here's the deal. Absolutes are unchangeable laws. God isn't making rules. He's describing the fabric of society. Society, And when we break one of His laws, there's always a consequence. You know, when you break the speed limit, which is really a rule, um, you can speed, and guess what? You can get away with it. I, I would probably say without a doubt that um, 50% of us at least done one kilometer over the speed when. Over the speed limit when getting to church this morning. Because I know I looked down at my speedometer and I thought I was doing 65 and a 60. What am I doing? Slow down. Isn't it amazing? It just, you just, the car always wants to go faster than you think it should. I don't know how that happens. <laughs> but you know what? I I I sped this morning a couple of kilometers over this. 60 kilometers in Phillips Street, probably 62, 60, I think it actually got up to 65 on stage. Anyway, I'm just confessing it before you, are we good with that? Um, but the truth is, I got away with it. Well, as far as I know, <laughs> there was no police who saw that. Now, I didn't mean to do it, I, when I saw it on my speedometer, I did drop back to 60 again, it just, you know, I was just thinking about some things, isn't it interesting? You know, uh, anyway, so we've got to be careful. Now, you know, with God's law, you can say, you know, um, well, it's like, isn't God's law like that? No, no, it's not. Because you can't, you can't take God's principles and absolutes and laws and go against them and get away with it. Because it naturally it comes into play this reaping and sowing. And so it, dist- and it starts to destroy our lives. So we, we have to understand that the Bible. Well, the humanity says, you know, everything's normal. You can do whatever you like. If that's wrong, and then humanity says, there's no absolutes. Well, that's not right either. It tries to force you into its mold. And the, and the, here's the third thing that wants to destroy humanity. It says in verse two of once again the message Bible of Romans twelve, you'll be changed from the inside out. Paul writes. Well, in the message, Bible translators write, you'll be changed from the inside out. Don't be conformed to this world, be transformed with a renewing your mind, because you'll be changed from the inside out, not the outside in. What does that mean? Well, it means your ability to change for the better has got a lot to do with what's happening on the inside of you. Your soul and your spirit and your attitudes towards how you live, um, live your heart attitude and all those type of things. You see, I find in life is that there's a lot of, these days, more than ever before, there's a ton of information that you're being bombarded with on a daily basis. If you're watching television, if you're on a couple social media, different um, apps like Twitter or Facebook or whatever, there is a lot of information that wants to bombard you. And look, not all of it's bad. I'm not saying that. It can be quite helpful. I love saying happy birthday to people on my Facebook page. I never post on Facebook. I People, if anything you've seen on my Facebook, other people have posted. Um, but anyway, I, um, I, I do wish, uh, you know, you say happy birthday to people. And, um, and so you get all this information that bombards us through this world. This world is a media-driven world. And so, you know, and then you've got to determine, is that information true or false? Is that, is that picture photoshopped or is it real? Is that video made up or is it actually happened? And, you know, the interesting thing is we get bombarded with information, but I've discovered that it's, and sometimes we've got to be careful that we just don't have a head knowledge, but we have no heart attitude. We don't allow, we have an information technology, an information overload, but no heart discretion. And so we don't move the good information from our head to our heart. And we just live in this world of a lot of knowledge, a lot of knowledge. But we, and it almost can sear our conscience or sear our heart from receiving the truth. Folks, we need information, but we need transformation because of that information. And so we get bombarded with an overload of, world, of information. Do you know there are 277,000 tweets every minute? There's 100 million emails are sent every minute. There's 571 new websites are created every minute around the world. That's a lot of stuff happening, isn't it? A lot of, and you, I'm not saying all of us are in, you know, looking at all of that. We po- can't possibly look at all that. But, but videos sear our conscience more than ever before as you can watch real-life things happen. Real murders, real crimes take place on videos, So what am I saying here for this third thing is that what sometimes the world wants to bombard you with is that more information, you're better off. Now, I I want information, but I want to turn it into wisdom so it brings transformation. I just don't want information for the sake of it. And you have to sift out the stuff that you're continually bombarded with. Or you've got to be careful what you look at or what you watch or what you listen to because it'll just bombard you. Fill you with stuff, and then we wonder why God is squeezed out of our lives. Uh, because uh, sometimes we allow the world to squeeze us in. And so we have to be careful. Um, See, much knowledge is power to rule others, but much heart is power to rule yourself. And we need to let information bring transformation. And so we need to rule ourselves and uh, say no sometimes to stuff. And so we see a world that's bombarding us. The Bible says their heart is far from me. And when Jesus Christ ever refers to change in people, He often speaks of the heart that's needed. The information that we... uh, Good information is great, but let it bring transformation, not just another piece of information. Because, you know, it says renew our mind. Make room for what God wants to speak to you. Make room for His Word. Um, And so the Bible will continually press us into saying, you know, the way the world is at the moment, with even the, some of the government laws that we have now established, they're not really laws, they're just rules. They're, 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 at, um, they're at a difference with what the Word of God says, aren't they? <laughs> you think, what do I believe? Is that normal? No, no, no. Set normal to God's standards. absolutes set absolutes at his principles because absolutes are not able to be changed they're unchangeable they're set in concrete three and then says the more you know the better you're off no not necessarily glean as much information as you can but let it be for the purpose of transformation and not just information you know this morning as the team come uh the world wants to bombard us with the culture of this day, and that 's what Paul, even though it was just under two thousand years ago, he wrote this it 's so relevant for today to be not conformed to this world, but to be transformed by the renewing of your mind in other words don 't take everything as gospel because it 's not the norm there 's some stuff that 's just not right don't don 't be fooled that everything is a, a, a you know um, is a law a God's law. No, sometimes they're just rules, or they're just thoughts that are not right to live by. And all the information that we've been bombarded with—you you, you, got to you, sometimes you got to have a checkup from the neck up, clean out the mind. Hey, I think I know that Paul was writing not just to the Romans; he was writing to humanity. It was running to humanity. And you know, the, um, the very first base that we need to, to, we, we need to put in place, we need to run to is we need to think, well, it's all about your values or what you believe. What do you believe today? Have you ever nailed that down and said, this is what I believe. This is what I'm going to stand on. What are the things you need to believe? You need to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's got to be the first thing. It says in the Word of God that if we can believe in Him, so many of the values that we need to set in place come out of that relationship with Him and the belief. So many. And you know, the reasons why you need Jesus Christ, you may say, well, give me a reason for believing in Jesus Christ. Well, I'll give you three. Is that cool? Here's one because you have a past and some of those things you regret and some of those things you feel guilty about and some of those things that are just sin <laughs> you know um, the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever in other words He, he, he can go back into your past and He can wipe the slate clean He can help, help you put aside your regret and your guilt He can forgive you and He can help you move into a better future that's what Jesus Christ can do Thankfully, Jesus Christ wasn't squeezed into the world's mold. He resisted the world's mold and they killed him for it. But that was good for us because when he died, he actually was dying for the sake of humanity so that someone had to pay the penalty for my sin and Jesus did. So he, can, he, is, he is worthy, what we were singing, to go back and to forgive us for our past. The second reason you need Jesus, believe in Jesus, is because you need a friend. You might say, well, Jesus Christ doesn't live here on earth with me, but His presence does through the Holy Spirit. We often talk about how many friends we have on Facebook. I I, I might have 50 friends on Facebook, but you know what? The truth is, I don't see those people. They're just a person on a screen, and that's okay, they're really not my friend you're my friends because i can interact with you i can talk with you face to face but jesus christ you might say well he's like a facebook friend no no he's not his presence does more than just face to face he can live within you through his holy spirit through the holy spirit and you know jesus knows the worst about you because there's some things in your life today that no one knows about but jesus knows about it and you know the wonderful thing he believes the best in you still. Because he sees you not as you are, but as you will be when he gets, when you continue to yield your life to him. What a friend. I need a friend like that. And thirdly, not only is it because you have a past or because you need a friend, but he holds the future. Jesus, who else was going to be going to trust? You can be in his, he, he he's secure, he's safe. Uh, today, tomorrow, and for all eternity. His, his word says in Jeremiah, I know the plans I have for you, says, says the Lord, plans for good and not for evil to give you hope and a future. In the days when you pray, I will listen. Um, what a great savior that is. What a great friend that can be. And, um, you know, can we stand together today as we close? The world uh, has a plan for your life, or the enemy has a plan, or human nature has a plan, but God's got an incredible... It's nowhere near as God's plan, because the world's plan, even though it looks bright and shiny and exciting, it really, the underlying part of it, the under the, the, the facade of the world's plan, it's destructive and wants to eat away at your life and destroy you. God's plan isn't hidden it's truthful it's real it's whole it's pure and it wants to bless your life god's plan has always been to see the, your life flourish and go on and, and enjoy life um, and, and you know the reason for that is because he had this plan through jesus christ to forgive our past and to help us walk into a better future and i love that that reality you know, and, and today, I, there's simply a, a prayer I'd love to pray. And it's just a, pr- a prayer that goes like this. Lord, I invite you in my life. I believe you died for me. Your, bl- your blood pays for my sins and provides me with the gift of eternal life. And I, I, by faith, receive the gift and I acknowledge you as my Lord and Savior. And maybe today, that's the kind of prayer you need to make where you need to believe in him. For the f- maybe for the first time or again. I don't know. But he has a he has an incredible opportunity in life. It all starts with what you believe, and one of the first things you've got to believe is believe in Jesus. And maybe you're at that point this morning where you say, yeah, yeah, I need to do that. Can we close our eyes for a moment? If you want me to if you'd like to pray that prayer, what I just shared with you, and make your response to Jesus, can you just give me a wave? You can put it down again. Is there anybody this morning? Anybody who needs to say yes to Jesus, either for the very first time or again? Thank you. Thank you. Put it up high if, you, if you're going to put it up. Thank you. All right, okay. For the sake of those three people who put their hands up, how about we pray this prayer? How about those three particularly, would you just repeat after me? the best we can do it's it's not perfect but it's it's the best and make it your own prayer not mine but i'll make it i suppose quite easy so here we go could we do it together church it just says this and I'm, i'm going to do it a little bit different to what i said before but here we go heavenly father i come to you today just as i am and i thank you for what jesus did for me he died to take my sin and he rose again i believe that and i thank you for that so i believe in you jesus and i ask you by my faith to come into my life and help me in jesus name amen lord i ask that you just uh, i thank you for the hearts that sort of response this morning whether it's for the first time or the second time I ask Holy Spirit that you just quicken and you touch the hearts and lives of people. May it be transformation, not just information today. And Father, I, I, I pray for the whole ch- uh, church today, for the people here, that we would be a people that would push back against this world, not to be some demonstrator or some voice that just wants to get angry, but simply to stand strong on your word and to stand up for what really matters is your truth and your righteousness and living for you. In this world of pain and hurt. It's because, God, we want to live in a life where it's blessed and not messed. Not messy, but blessed. And Father, I ask that, look, God, you'd help us to realize that. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everyone agreed, said, Amen. Come on, how about we just sing this last.